Guys, welcome back to another Progress Pure podcast. And this week I am talking with an awesome woman called Ilana Wolstein, specifically about anti-Semitism and why is it so scary to be a Jew right now. And I came across Ilana back in July when she posted a series of created images, specifically on the 16th of July, talking about how Jews face anti-Semitism from all walks of life, whether that be the far left, the far right, whether they suffer from mainstream anti-Semitism. And she calls out a number of celebrities, including Diddy, Ice Cube, Nick Cannon. And since then, she's also called out Madonna and a few more celebrities, including Wiley, Chelsea Handler and Jessica Chastain. And she talks about how often people will be anti-Semitic, whether that's casually, and they don't really get called out on it. She talks about how in 2019, that was the year that we have seen the most hate crimes against Jews. This is specifically in the States, reported by the ADL since they started recording hate crimes in 1979, which is particularly alarming in the US, considering that Jews make up just 2% of the US population, but were victims of 57.8% of all religion-based hate crimes in 2018. She also quotes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar saying, if we're going to be outraged by injustice, let's be outraged by injustice, injustice against anyone. And I think her post, it meant a lot to me. I thought it was really moving. She ended up getting over 70,000 likes and nearly 2,000 Instagram comments. She's clearly sparked a conversation and raised awareness for anti-Semitism specifically or particularly in the United States. And I think it's uh, an important thing for us to talk about. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Ilana, I pronounced it right, right? You pronounced it right. Thank you. I'm just seeking that validation from you (laughs) a second time. (laughs) The reason why... I well how I came across you I remember this is back in so I think the the George Floyd you know awful event that happened that was back in May I believe it was and I remember that time being really like a lot of turmoil um, and a lot of confusion that was going on and Uh, A lot of people, I think, were being really racially aware, which was an amazing thing. And it just, it was a scary time. And I remember thinking, coming across like a lot of Black Lives Matter posts, um, and then a lot of people being uh, racially aware of um, other different groups or minorities that were also suffering from oppression. And this is kind of the same time that I came across your post, which you post on the 16th of July on your, what seemed like a personal, private well, not a private Instagram account, but a personal Instagram account. Uh, and the, it, it was titled, Why Is It So Scary to Be a Jew Right Now? And I just thought it got so much attention and all my friends shared it. And I thought it was an, a really moving, sad, but a post that raised a lot of political awareness and kind of social awareness. And so I wanted to ask, invite you onto the pod, talk about it a little bit and ask one, what made you want to post that? And if you can also talk a little bit about what that post is and what it says. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you bring up like Black Lives Matter as, as like the context because it it's unfortunate that it 
it was connected to that in some ways, like uh, in the beginning. But I mean, I don't know. Here in the States, I live in New York, Black Lives Matter and the horrific thing that happened to George Floyd. It was it couldn't get enough. It couldn't get enough attention. Like, I mean, we still need to be talking about it. It's a huge problem. Police brutality in this country is awful. We need to fix it. And I think what happened around that time was as we were rightfully elevating black voices in America, some misinformation was being spread um, from some prominent people, from some celebrities, black, white, all different, all different races and ethnicities. You know, for months before I posted that, I was advocating strongly for Black Lives Matter. And when I started seeing some of these other celebrities saying some really hurtful anti-Semitic things, it really made you think like it's, hopefully this is a moment of reckoning for America and for the world about racial issues and you want to make sure you get it right for all minorities not just not just one so you know I felt like there was just some information that was being misconstrued and it's interesting that you know so many of your friends uh posted it because it also was just like the timing that I posted it was very interesting like I posted it after something happened in the states with Nick Cannon and then and a couple other celebrities and then Wiley in the UK went on his like really big anti-Semitic rant like a few days later I think or like the following week and it like really just like blew up and like I was like oh god like I have like I don't know I was getting tons of DM like I wasn't the plan I don't even know what I expected by making the post like but it just like went wild I can't even imagine what it must have been like for you to go from having a personal, small, you know, kind of private account to posting why it's so scary to be a Jew right now, getting, I mean, now you have over 70,000 likes, you have nearly 2,000 comments on that post. And so am I right in saying that that was sparked because of anti-Semitic sentiments that celebrities, people in the public eye were saying? Yeah, you know, there's there's some people getting a lot of attention. There's a storyline that is told a lot in a lot of different communities about Jewish people, about how they control the world and how they are, you know, blamed for all of the hardships of everybody, of every group. And so what's important is just why it's important to talk about it now is because, I mean, it's always been important, but right now, as I said before, like it's a moment that hopefully people are learning and people have a lot more time on their hands and people are like people are learning so you want to make sure that the information is out there so that people are learning the right stuff yeah 100% i think one of the things which i thought was really interesting and really true so just to give you some context i know i think i mentioned this really briefly but like so my dad is israeli and he's jewish uh, my mom is irish she's catholic so i kind of have this weird stance where i'm not technically jewish because obviously your mom has to be jewish well for you to... oh tell me go on well i mean yeah i mean that's uh first for somebody who's traditional in their like religious beliefs of judaism uh yes like it it's comes from your mother but their p- patrilineal jews are just as to to a large population of jewish people just as Jewish or just as valid as um, somebody who's whose mom is Jewish. I mean, for me personally, I am not a particularly 
observant person. Like my relationship with Jewishness is not really one that has to do with God. Like I don't like, it's not, that's just like not how I relate to it. It's much more uh-huh. cultural and uh, community and like the and traditions that come along with that. So, I mean, like I was about mitzvah and stuff like that, but it was more just like a rite of passage more so than like, you know, the religious part of it. So it's a, it's a common, it's a conversation that's important to have right now because there's also problems within the Jewish community itself racism this notion of ashkenormativity which is like the stereotype of judaism is this white jewish rich person and that's like what america sort of has painted them to be and it's a problem and it really hurts a lot of the even more marginalized communities that are in within the jewish community so patrilineal jews who might not feel welcomed by the jewish community or black Jews who feel like there's racism within the Jewish community as there is in all communities. And I mean, also people who've converted to Judaism who are, who don't have it ethnically in their ancestry, but a lot of them feel more connected to Judaism than even someone like me because they've purposely made the choice and they've learned so much about it. I mean, most Jews who've converted know way more about it than than me (laughs) it is actually really interesting that you say that because i think thinking about it the reason why i often say like premise where my dad is from and then where my mum is from and then i always kind of say oh you know so my dad is jewish and he's israeli but like i know that means that i'm not technically jewish and i think that the reason why i say that is because uh, you know, I've been in scenarios before where people have been like, oh, so then you're not Jewish. And I feel connected to it. And I feel really proud, you know, that my dad is Jewish and I love doing Hanukkah and those cultural things. And uh, I love the Jewish community that I'm a part of in London. But I feel like I have to say, don't worry, guys, like I know I'm not. But well, you're right. Like, that's kind of silly. Yeah, you should stop. You should stop feeling like you have to do that because it's as much as it's like a a moment that the world needs to come to terms with some of their biases. Like, I think it's a big time for Jews as well because we're speaking out against unprecedented amounts of anti-Semitism. But you can't ignore, it's not like we're perfect. It's not like the Jewish community is perfect. They have, there's lots of intra-community issues that need to be progressed. Like the rest of the world needs to progress. So there will be some Jew Jewish people who are more traditional who will say, to you probably that technically you're not Jewish, but that's it's really not a modern take on what it means to be a Jewish person, in my opinion. I agree with you. I think that there isn't necessarily a, a black and white kind of, if you fall into this category, then you have to be. Although it is interesting because you brought up talking about racism and, uh, and Judaism and it, it, I just came across that that is a very interesting topic in itself, like is being anti-Semitic considered racist? Would you say that it is? Because some people that I was doing research were saying that that, that is a, like an offensive idea in itself because some people would argue that Judaism isn't a race, but if potentially Judaism only passes down through biological inheritance from your mother, then potentially that does have qualities of it being a race if it's within genetics. What do you think about that? Yeah, so first, 
Judaism being Jewish, it's not, it's not a race. So it's a, it's an ethnicity. It's an it's an ethno religion. So it's an ethnicity that has a religion that people of that ethnicity practice. I mean, race as I've learned, I mean, over time is doesn't need it's not real. It's a construct. I mean, the color of your skin of course matters and it causes a lot of hardship for people, uh, especially people who have black skin it's a it's a tough thing to talk about because it's it matters but it shouldn't but it does so with with jews you can be any race and be jewish you can be black and be jewish you can be latino and jewish you can be white and jewish you can be white and jewish to a point it's that's another that's also a a, a difficult thing because ethnically you know jews were never accepted in europe after they came from the Middle East. So it's it's really hard for a lot of, especially with the way people talk about whiteness and white supremacy today is anti-Semitism and hatred of Jews is a foundational point of white supremacy. They hate Jewish people. So to call Jewish people white, it's like calling them the people that want them dead. So it's very sensitive. So I think like for, from my perspective, I mean, obviously, I'm white, like, and this is something that I've only recently come to think about in my own self. Like, I've always considered myself white, and then when I learned more about my history and, and what my family went through and how the idea of whiteness caused them so much pain, I, it's hard to feel connected to that. When you say the the idea of whiteness caused them so much pain does that have to do with for example like you mentioned white supremacy white supremacy and even neo-nazism and their strive for kind of this aryan idea of what it is to be to be white and how they hate judaism and jews in itself and they would really identify jews as a race correlate a lot of kind of like racist anti-semitic genetic characteristics to Jews like is that what you mean by they struggle with this idea of being white but then you kind of see yourself as white and so if you're recently coming to understand that historically or in your past how that caused a lot of like anguish is that where where that kind of comes from yeah I mean I think uh one of the main problems with I mean and the reason the historical reason why I have lighter skin than maybe another Jewish person is because of where they ended up after they left the Middle East and also what happened there you know a lot of women were raped there was just they were slaves like there was all kinds of bad things that happened and you know all of this the, the history it's so complicated but really like for my family my family left Europe right before the Holocaust so I mean they were affected by the violence and the hatred of Jews, but they escaped before it got to its worst point. But people seem to think that like the Holocaust just came out of nowhere and it just happened and like then it was over. But for so long before that anti-Semitism, that was the the final solution that, uh, that was what it was called. It was the final solution to the Jewish problem, which is the fact that white people saw Jews as a problem forever that needed to be solved. And then the final solution was to kill them all. 
So my family was lucky and they left before that um, from different places in Eastern Europe, but they, they were escaping pogroms and violence and they came to the States and they were discriminated against here as well. It's not like they came and were, you know, welcomed. And I think people forget that even America didn't even like accept Jewish refugees after the Holocaust at first. It's hard to see it that way now because there has been this stereotype of Jewish people in America that has sort of overtaken the fact that there's plenty of poor Jewish people. <laughs> like people think that like all Jews are, are like a certain, are one thing. And you know, there's plenty of poor Jewish people. There's, it's just such a, a wide range of, of people and it's so diverse. And um, I think people, all of their beliefs are formed based off of this like lie. <laughs> Yeah, of this like stereotyping. What you were mentioning of the how the final solution, people think that this just kind of came out of nowhere and there wasn't some kind of build up to it. But you're right, like Jewish persecution uh, and hatred has happened since literally the beginning of time. Like, where was I reading? So, for example, some of the uh, like since the um, exodus or dash out of Egypt, as it were. The first recorded anti-Jewish riots took place in Alexandria in the year 38 CE, followed by more riots in 66 CE. It carried on in the Middle Ages, like um, massacre in 1391. I studied Jewish history when I was at university and I never realized how consistently the Jews have been persecuted throughout the beginning of time and that's what makes it so scary now like when I was reading your Instagram post how anti-semitism is on the rise like I think you posted that 2019 had the highest number of hate crimes I think it was the anti-defamation league where you got your stats from and talking about how that's just been increasing and increasing like last year there was 2,107 hate crimes against Jews the most that it we've ever experienced since they started recording in 1979 like things like that even if they seem small on the surface you know even if it's a cynic one synagogue that gets attacked or it, of course not to diminish like how unbelievably hor horrific that is but all these things that happen like you see every a headline here or something there and all those things it's really scary for jews because that can accumulate like it has done before and i think it's so important to talk about because you want to make sure that things like the Holocaust never happen again. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that comes up a lot right now in um, when people say like, you know, being Jewish in America is not as bad as being part of whatever marginalized group because of X, Y, and Z. I think there's a lot of truth to that when you're a white passing Jew like myself, like I have, I do not deny for one second that I benefited from white privilege in my life. Like that is something that, like it's undeniable and I and I would never say I haven't, but that white privilege is, is conditional and the white supremacists that are getting louder and louder in this country and the anti-Zionists and the people who, you know, it comes from both sides. Being white isn't gonna help. Like my first name is Hebrew, my last name is Jewish. It's very noticeably Jewish. Like it's not, people say you can hide your Jewishness, which I think is a ridiculous thing to say because one, you should never have to hide who you are to be safe, but also because it's just not true. Like, and there's so many people who can't hide. I mean, like when I was like a kid, I used to have like this like recurring nightmare of my family 
being in the Holocaust and like my family is has all all has dark hair. I'm like the only blonde person in my family and like so morbid, but like they all like I was the only one that survived because I had blonde hair and, and green eyes and it was like this like nightmare that I just had over and over. So people think that like and this is also just again like a uh, an Ashkenazi experience like where this stuff has permeated the lives. I mean, Jews are everywhere. It's in uh, Middle East and North African countries. They're exiled and tortured and killed from all over. There's 850,000 Jews who were exiled from those countries too that people don't talk about that because it's not the story they're told here in America. And most Jewish people know about that, but a lot of them don't. The bottom line is there's just so much bad information out there and lack of information. Yeah, that's what I think a lot of people forget in terms of so for for example whenever i go to israel it's fascinating because no one person is from that one place you know like maybe their family history originated from that area but it's such a like cultural melting pot of all these different people and i think when people talk about israel they forget that a lot of them had to go there because they were persecuted or they didn't feel feel safe wherever they came from like for example my dad's parents are from north africa they're from libya and when you go there and you meet like all these different like types of jews and kind of sad in a way that they've had to go there because they haven't felt safe in wherever they're originally from and wherever they're originally from isn't necessarily even viable because i think i was reading another one of your stats that was saying like the Jews are the most migratory religious group. So 25% of the world's Jews have migrated in comparison to 5% of Christians, 4% uh, of Muslims, and typically only 3% of the world's population migrates. Which is very interesting because it's very easy to just be considered like a white person within the Jewish community, that they are so multicultural and a lot of the time they're not white. Yeah, I mean, it's just so harmful to the the idea of what it means to be a Jewish person to to think that they're it's also it plays a big role in why people think they're punching up when they say anti-semitic things or claim that Jews control everything or that Israel is like a bunch of white settler colonialists whatever I mean I think that's I mean Israel is such a complicated complicated nuanced situation and I think right now what we see is a strong Israel that needs to be strong because if it wasn't then there would probably be no Jews left on this planet like to be totally honest like if they had nowhere to go they've been killed and pushed out of every place on earth so if they can't be in Israel I'm not really sure where they go and a lot of them went to other places to the states to France and whatever and people are leaving France like in the thousands because it's terrifying. I mean, even today, there's just like swastikas painted all over the street outside the Louvre. Nobody cares. It's crazy. Like the news doesn't talk about it and people are scared. My opinions on, um, on Israel, it's like, I don't pretend to know the solution there. I think there's like immense suffering on both sides. And I wish that, I hope that it can get resolved and that there can be peace. I think there's like definitely faults on both sides, but I think one of the most harmful stories that people are told, and especially in the States and especially in a lot of the progressive spaces in the States, is that's just a bunch of white Europeans coming to keep imperializing the world, which it's just, it's not true. It's complicated and, and it plays a role in every interaction, I think, here with, and conversations with how people feel about Jewish people because you'll it's it's not common to find a Jewish person who doesn't support Israel. They exist, but 
there's not many of them. I think in, a, in the States, it's so different to how it is in, or maybe in New York in comparison to London, because in London, it's so rare that you find, for, well, from my experience, like I went to Edinburgh University and it's most of the Jews that I speak to here, without generalizing, just most of my experience in speaking to Jews here, people feel so nervous to say that they that they like Israel, that they support Israel, because it's very, it's not what is okay to say here. Oh, it's not okay here either. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't know why I thought because there are way more Jews in New York, so I thought maybe that's like more of an acceptable thing. Um, you know, there's a lot of Jewish people in New York, but it's still very, it's so interesting because Jewish people in America have been like extremely loyal to the Democratic Party. They voted between 70 and 80 percent Democrats since like 1970 something like the only year it was a little bit more split was in 1980 and like so Jews are have all have been by and large very loyal to the Democratic Party but it's interesting right now because here and I, and it was, I don't know enough about Corbyn but I know it was similar there and some of our politicians here have like endorsed him and they're all progressive which you know as a group of people who have felt marginalized the natural place it politically for them to go and if they're not welcome there then it's very confusing and so right now there's a lot of anti-israel rhetoric it's it's what's being taught on college campuses it's what it's what's being espoused by the most beloved politicians on the on the left AOC and the squad and there's so many Jews who want to support them and want to, who think that they stand for a lot of great things, but they're not welcome. And that was, it's been a problem. It was a problem at the Women's March. You know, they said like, you can't be a Zionist and also be a feminist at the same time, which I think is wild because you have like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is one of the world's most famous feminists and she was a Zionist and a Jew. And it's, yeah, it's not, it's definitely not a welcomed conversation. And I mean, you'll see like, Anytime, like even like a kid on TikTok will like say they're Jewish, you get like thousands of free Palestine comments. So no, I think I'm glad it seems, or I think I'm glad it seems like it's easier here, but no. And it is really difficult because as somebody who is Israeli and, and I see myself as Jewish, that I don't, I'm not religious in any sense, but... I do see myself as Jewish and associating with a lot of Jewish things, but also as like an English person and Irish and some relation to Catholicism. But here, like I remember being at Edinburgh Uni and I was just trying to go to the library and there was uh, a big group of people standing outside the library chanting, talking about how the end of Israel, Israel's a racist state. And like as somebody who's from there and, and regardless of whatever your political orientation is, like I went up to them and I was like, guys, like this is, this is so upsetting because essentially saying they're like the end of Israel, that it's arguably saying that my family shouldn't exist. And, and it's completely disregarding and not taking into account their struggle and like why they're there. And it, it, I don't know, it's a very difficult conversation to, to have. And there's so much history that goes into it and why Jews are in Israel. And I mean, I hope one day that there could be a two nation state, whether that can happen or whether it can't happen. But I think that, I think a lot of people disregard and a lot of people don't, like a lot of people look into Israeli government policies and they don't agree with them. And I think that's totally fine. But I think a lot of people who don't understand what it really means when they're saying that Israel shouldn't exist and how harmful that is 
and worrying that is to somebody who has Jewish heritage and is so aware of how often they've been threatened throughout history and persecuted and even if there isn't a holocaust going on right now how like your post talking about how far right uh what did you say you say anti-zionists believe we're all racist imperialists and blame us for the israeli government that's the far left nation of islam louis farrakhan i don't know if i pronounced that right and his followers who call us satanic termites you have the far rights with the white supremacists uh, who they're racist against us and then you have mainstream anti-Semitism, which is your everyday bigot Holocaust deniers who say things like Jews control the world. Um, and I've also experienced things like that. Like I remember, I'm not gonna mention who it was, but I remember one time on Instagram, I was speaking to this girl who, she was from South Africa and I was talking about how I wanted to go there. And out of nowhere, nowhere, she just sends me a message saying, um, but be careful when you come here because Jews run this town. So if you're not careful, if you're not careful, they'll like control you or something along those lines. And I remember I was like, uh, no, I was probably like 21. And I was like so shocked at that at reading that. I was like, what? Uh, okay. And then, you know, your post after you posted it in July, I read it and I was like, this is not okay. And I connected the dots between what she had said and what you were saying and anti-Semitism and how silence is basically compliance. And I ended up sending her a message, like a voice note being like, hey, I just wanted to say that what you said was anti-Semitic and that's actually not cool. And she ended up apologizing and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to just to touch on the on Israel one more time, like I I, I just think it, like, it's so important to, to take it, to talk about it and remember that there's two sides and that there is so much suffering, Palestinian suffering that I can't speak to because it's not my not my experience or my heritage and i think like i've i've had some really great conversations with palestinian people on instagram since i've started posting about this stuff and i think like my overall opinion on that is just like there's two groups of people that are indigenous to the land to the land of israel to the land of palestine to that area and neither of them are going anywhere so they're gonna have to figure out a way to be peaceful with each other and i don't know how like whether that's one state, two states, whatever, I don't, I don't really have a, I just don't feel like I have the answer to the most like complicated territorial dispute of like recent times, but like uh, whatever it is, I, I think where it come where the, it needs to come on an, on a personal level, like people have somehow like, and I think with the information age and how quickly bad information is spread and all of that, like it's so easy to hate people. And like, uh, there's some really great, activists that try on the ground level to create peace between the two groups of people that isn't influenced by crazy propaganda on both sides and and whatever but yeah it's a complicated it's complicated and i forget what we were talking about at the end of that before i went back to israel i was talking about some some difficulties that i experience with people who are calling like for the end of israel or for people talking about you know how you have the main how jews experience uh, anti-Semitism on all different fronts, you know, like from the far right, from the far left, how you have mainstream anti-Semitism. Yeah, so I think the craziness of like all the directions that it comes at is is crazy. I mean, it's really crazy because it's like mostly like anti-Semitism basically at its core is just like one big conspiracy theory. And like, it's sort of like, it's just been perpetuated for so long. And I mean, I've seen it. It's interesting because like in my DMs, like, 
especially in the beginning, I was getting a lot of hate, a lot of anti-Semitism in my DMs, and I still get some of that, and it doesn't really affect me anymore, but at first I was like, wow, like, I knew this was bad, but like, when you really put yourself out there and say, like, I'm Jew, like, what's up? And you get the response you get is like, you should die. Like, it's just like, whoa, okay. So <laughs> that was, I mean, not that I didn't know that was out there because I did. That was what made me need to make the post in the first place. But it's different when you get it, like when you get it directly. So I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, why it's so important to talk about it now, because there isn't, I mean, I would like to think that another Holocaust doesn't need to happen for people to take it seriously. But also it should be preventative. Like you don't want, why would we want it to ever get to a point where, I mean, first of all, it's already really bad. So it's as bad as it's ever been. To say like it's not bad enough to care about is like, it's such a frustrating gaslighty sort of thing to hear because it's like, what needs to happen then? Like, because people are getting killed and, and brutalized and kids are being bullied online like crazy. Like I can't even imagine being a kid with social media in this time and like we're on a college campus where they walk to class and like people are, like you said, like, protesting the existence of of Israel and like a place that a lot of people have relied on to live. I think it's just, there's so many things and there's so many different facets of it. And then like the double standard that saying Israel's a racist place, all the surrounding countries that kicked out all of their Jews, you could say the same thing. So it's sad and there's a lot, I keep going back to this, but it's all just about education and misinformation and lack of information. How would, how, I can't even fathom the idea of you putting out that post and then getting direct hate messages from people telling you you should die, telling you all that kind of stuff. Did you have any like fruitful, I don't even know how you could have like a, some kind of progressive conversation with somebody who gives you that much hate, but did you have or try to have any kind of conversation where somebody was, you know, anti-Semitic to you and you tried to like challenge them and like change their mind on it or any kind of discussion on that or is it just kind of like blind hatred and there's no point even talking to people like that in the beginning i had so basically i'll now i like engage with a lot of people but not if they come with like you said like the blind hatred that's just like super aggressive because they're usually lost cause and i just like i'm too tired now of it to like to like have those conversations but um i do talk to a lot of people that message me and i and i did in the beginning too especially in the way beginning because the post the first post that i made because of the time that i made it which was in the middle of um all the protesting for black lives matter and and that was gar rightfully garnering lots of attention i had called out a handful of black celebrities in that post and a lot of people perceived that to be anti-black and that was especially hard to hear because i had been advocating for black lives matter for months leading up to that but i had a lot of constructive conversations with a lot of black people in my uh, messages who you know, it's easy to feel defensive when you see people calling out, you know, someone you idolize or someone you who you think speaks up for you and, and is speaking some sort of truth. So I've had I definitely have had some fruitful conversations. I've made some actually some real friends through posting about this. It's also been pretty amazing to see in the beginning, it felt like no one was talking about it. And now I feel like through a handful of people, it's really people are finding their voices. And I get so many 
DMs being like, oh, you're so brave for like, well, I'm like, I don't know. I, like, I don't see it that way. <laughs> but like, I, I think that like, like I keep trying to just be like, you can speak up like and people are and especially like these young kids i'm like i don't know i think it's it's just important that people see other people speaking up and and having it be normal to talk about because i never I, it's like interesting you said before about like wanting to like not wanting to offend or whatever like saying like you're you're not technically jewish or whatever like there's a lot of i mean even i've downplayed being jewish before just to like be more comfortable or to make other people more comfortable i guess or like people being like, oh, you're Jewish? And I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm not religious. Like, why does it matter if I'm religious or not? It doesn't, but like, I'll like be like, well, I'm not that Jewish. So like, you can still like accept me or whatever, but it's just like, <laughs> I don't know. So it's like, I'm Jewish. I'm pretty Jewish. Like my, both my parents are hundred percent Jewish. My grandfather fought for Israeli independence. I'm Jewish. So I should like, I, it's important to not downplay it either. Mm-hmm, totally. It's so funny in, uh, in London because I, I don't know if this is just my personality, but because I'm so aware that of anti-Semitism and I'm so aware that people have this problem with Jewish people, I mean, people have a problem with everyone, but Judaism is something which does affect me and something which I want to, um, not just that I want to defend something that only affects me, but it's something that I feel like I should do something about in particular. And so I always try, I have like a Star of David necklace and my surname is Teshuva and it's in Hebrew and I always try and like wear it and like on the tube be really confident with it. And I've never actually experienced anything of somebody being anti-Semitic from seeing anything like that. But I think that it's just funny, like the different kind of experiences, like I kind of want someone to almost experience like some kind of confrontation so I can like really defend (laughs) Judaism and all that. (laughs) I mean, I... Even throughout this, the past few months of like becoming super vocal about it, like I never had a mezuzah like on my apartment door and like I got one, like just be like, yeah, like, I don't know. I think it's important. I think it's the number one way that you combat anti-Semitism and hate is that like you own it and are proud of it. And it's not, no one can speak to what it means to be Jewish. I mean, I can't speak about what it means to be Jewish for anyone other than me. Like I've never been a more observant Jew. I've never been a black Jew. I've never been like a lot of different, I've never been Mizrahi. Like there's all these experiences that I don't have that I can't speak to, but I can, I, there's one thing that, that connects us all and that's being Jewish. And I, I also find it really important that like people like me who are white passing, like when I speak up about anti-Semitism, yeah, it's it's affected me to a point, but it's also like I'm aware of how it's affected other people who maybe aren't as comfortable speaking up because they don't have the white privilege that I have or because they haven't been in a, they don't have, for whatever reason, they don't feel as comfortable because they, maybe they've experienced it more firsthand than I have. Like, and I, and not to say I haven't experienced it because I have, but it's, I just think it's important that, especially when people who are arguing with me or with other people like me online, that it's not me complaining about my own personal experience and that's where it ends. Like there needs to be attention put on on it as a whole, which I think is really important. What does it mean to you if it's not necessarily religion if you're not religious what do you think it means to you to be jewish 
How does that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's my ethnicity. It's my culture. Like when people say, oh, like you're Eastern European. I'm like, no, I'm not because I have no connection to that at all. Like I have no, I don't even know what like food is like Russian. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't like, that's not my culture. Like my culture is Ashkenazi Jewish that people for thousands of years have died to preserve this culture that like if I also kind of feel some like a little bit of responsibility to keep that alive because it's it's special and it's really old and like I said a lot of people have have died because of it and in pursuit of preserving it so for me it's community like I went to a Jewish summer camp and that's probably where I became like most in touch with my Jewish identity was like, it was a little bit more religious than I ever was at home. Like it was a kosher camp. Most of the, most of the kids came from the East coast. I'm from the Midwest. So they were a little bit more religious than I was or a little bit more observant. And I just celebrated holidays there that like we did Shabbat every Friday, celebrated holidays there that I didn't ever celebrate like Shabbat, which is like the holiday that the most somber day in the Jewish calendar that's like sort of commemorates all of the tragedy that Jews have been through like since forever and it was a very emotional day like at camp which is and people the kids all fast like it's just is it's really where I feel like I got in touch with being Jewish and I would say just the sense of community is like the number one thing that I think keeps me tied to it. Do you think that all Jews then have, well not all Jews, but one of the main things that unites a lot of Jews is then this kind of inherent need or belief to try and survive and to try and exist? Absolutely. I think that's part of like the, I think that's, I mean, there's lots of like studies done on like generational trauma, but if, but the things that you learn about what it took for me to even be alive right now as a Jewish person or for somebody like some of my good friends whose family 90% of their family was murdered in the Holocaust and like the fact that their parents their grandparents weren't is amazing I mean it's a it's like almost a miracle if you believe in miracles like it's the I think like it's a huge part of it and I think like again that doesn't start or end with the Holocaust that's like thousands of years of history and it's all different parts of the world even Right now, like today, they announced that uh, Israel is going to be flying out 2,000 Jews from Ethiopia who have been struggling there for a long time, that they're going to be able to make Aliyah. So, like, I think it's a huge part of the Jewish identity is uh, resilience. And, yeah, and I think that's what's so important right now is to make sure that all the, all the anti-Semitic rhetoric that's going on on both sides of the political spectrum, that you don't compromise being proud of of being Jewish to fit in on either side because that's going to be the end of Jewish people. Mm. What do you think about the, because there's this interesting, obviously you have anti-Semitism, which is outright hatred and wrong, but then you have, which I actually only came across from doing research and you can have this stereotyping of Jews, which is typically seen as like a good thing. And I think it's called like philo-Semitism. I've probably pronounced it wrong, like philo-Semitism. But where they'll say like, people might say, oh, Jews, you know, they're great with money. When I was doing research on that, people were talking about how, like Trump, some people were saying is probably a philo-Semite where he might say, you know, like Jews, they're great with money. And that's also something which you kind of have to be aware of and look out for because that 
identifies Jews with this sense of otherness and that they are different. And if you're not careful, that can lead to kind of cementing more of these ideas, you know, about Jews, which is not good. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never heard that term before. Philosome. I've never heard that. But I think it's a really interesting point of difference and discussion. And I think people would disagree. I think there's all lots of different perspectives on this, but I don't think being different is bad as long as it's not used against you. So like the notion that Jews can't own the fact that they're ethnically related because that might make people hate them based on race or whatever, like I think that's ridiculous because it's the truth and being different shouldn't be a problem. It's the, it, the, the problem is people having a problem with you being different. So. Donald Trump says all kinds of outlandish things, as we all know. Yeah, some of the things he says, he don't, he doesn't mean them to be bad. But any like when it comes to Jewish people, but any generalization of any group of people is bad, even if it's a good thing. If you say all all Jews are rich or all Jew, well, I mean that's just detrimental because it's just not true. But also like all Jews are good with money, they're not. And the reason that that stereotype exists is rooted in anti-Semitism because they were forced into money lending when they weren't allowed to have other jobs, when they were being discriminated against in Europe. So all the generalizations are bad and I think Jews perpetuate it a lot as well. Like my least favorite person of like the past few months has to be Seth Rogen. Like he's been, he's been perpetuating this stuff and worse than almost any person who's been anti-Semitic, like he, I mean, any non-Jew who's been anti-Semitic because he, what he's been saying has been anti-Semitic. And I think it's, that's also a big thing is that not relinquishing your Jewish identity or your, or being proud of it because you think it's right now the rhetoric makes it sound like you're a better person or a better progressive because I think if you're less Jewish. So I don't know. Also like in, in the States, like anti-Semitism is such a political like pawn. Like they just like play ping pong with it. It's like Trump's like, I'm not anti-Semitic because my grandchildren are Jewish. And then like, then like on the other side, they're like, I'm not anti-Semitic because like we don't have neo-Nazis. And it's like, okay, but there, but it manifests in different ways on all the sides. And it's a crazy place to be stuck in the middle as a Jewish person. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, I bet. I can't, I can't even fathom like the, how strange that is because you have some people who, and I know again, a lot of people will say that Judaism and Israel, they're not necessarily the same thing, even though there are, you know, a lot of things that are linked, but it's confusing because a lot of people say Trump is really good for Israel. And like, arguably he is good for Israel, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's because he's pro- yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean he's anti-Semitic. Like a lot of people will say that that comes from, well, because Christians, I think they typically believe that Jews uh, should belong in there in the um, in kind of like the Holy Land or where they initially came from. Yeah, so that the Messiah will come. Exactly. Yeah, I mean Trump. <laughs> yeah, well he's he's catering to his base, which is the evangelicals. Which I mean, like in theory, it helps. I mean that in itself is like somewhat anti-Semitic, but it, it, yes, it helps with the fact that America supports Israel. But he also emboldens like neo-Nazis and white supremacists who feel like he's championing them. So he has, like, I can't speak to, I don't know what his personal beliefs are. I don't think he, I think he's the kind of person who speaks in generalizations about all groups of people. So I think he's like, if you go by that definition, like he's a racist, he's a misogynist, he's all the, all the ists and isms that you could possibly be. Um, Cause he always speaks in generalizations and puts his foot in his mouth. But what's the scary part is that 
the extra scary part is that you have that on the right and you have these neo-Nazis, white supremacists, people who hate Jews and who literally want Jewish Jewish people dead for the same reasons that the Nazis did. And then you have on the left, you have this group of angry people who say, who really make you feel uncomfortable in, in their political spaces. I mean, I got a DM recently being like, I hope you never enter Black Lives Matter spaces because I've got some news for you, like whatever. I'm like, okay, like, I don't know. You're, so you're threatening me with like not supporting another marginalized group because they don't like accept me. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. And I think like the scary thing is that the argument on the left is Israel shouldn't exist. Israel has no right to exist. But the way that Jew, Jewish people are treated in the diaspora is the reason why people are so adamant that Israel does need to exist because if they don't have anywhere to go and they don't have a place where they are in control of their fate, then what happens? Where do they go? They can't, there's, there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> America was the place and now look what's happening. So, I mean, hopefully turn it around and and some people say the golden age for Jews in America is over. I hope that's not true. Part of that comes from like the guilt of the Holocaust wearing off and people forgetting that it even happened or denying that it happened. And yeah, stuck in the middle with Jew. That's what they say. <laughs> there was a, I can't remember if it was a caption or a post. It was talking about how hatred is hatred. And if you're going to stand up, if you're going to stand against hate, you have to stand up against all hate. And it's just interesting that hearing somebody DM you saying that you can't, you can't stand up for somebody who's oppressed because it doesn't necessarily align with fundamentally hatred is hate. And as a human race, we should just move against that. And it's crazy that it seems to be so complicated. I know. Well, that's it's so complicated. And, you know, the, the thing is, it, it, you're right, it should not be complicated. But there's also been always through time people needing someone to blame. And for whatever reason, Jewish people have taken on that role for a long time. And I think that's also it's just it's hard because you also like don't you can't even blame somebody for having anti-Semitic biases because it's in it's ingrained in their brain literally from forever. So you like I my personal stance on cancel culture and like the way that like Nick Cannon got fired immediately and um, similar thing happened this week with a writer in the UK and I think like I can't remember her name Stephanie. Uh, she was writing for Grazia I think. Grazia. Yeah. yeah and like I think the what Nick Cannon did that was so amazing uh, was he took ownership of it and he publicly learned. I mean, he sat down on a podcast and had a chat with a rabbi for like publicly posted online. It was like two hour long conversation. And like, do I think he fully rid himself of his anti-Semitic biases? No, but he fully took ownership, made an effort to learn and you know, I appreciate him for that because he he kept posting about it and uh, he got a lot of hate from it from his fans who were like, you're giving in, you're giving in to the Jews, they control you, whatever. But I think like it's important to have those conversations the same way it's important for, for white people to have this self-reckoning with their being complicit in white privilege and white supremacy and and benefiting from that system in America. So I think it all comes down to, yeah, the hate. We should just stop hating each other. Yes, I agree. And and 
I think you're so right in the sense that like having anti-Semitic bias or or whatever kind of poison or like toxicity or hatred that you might have, I don't agree with cancel culture. And I think that to a certain extent, as long as somebody tries to educate themselves and learn in order to become more accepting and address why they potentially feel hatred or a certain way about somebody for for no particular reason apart from they're just kind of like going along with the crowd or just believing in something they've been told. Like, I think people do deserve fully, you know, second chances in that. I think like one of like the ways that I try and think about all these complicated issues um, that are nuanced and by and large, I mean, yes, there are bad people on this earth and like they definitely exist and they're evil, but by and large, people don't think they're the bad guy. Like people are usually trying to fight for what they think is right. And sometimes that is informed by information that doesn't, that's not true or that causes more harm. But the conversations that need to happen are empathetic ones that you either you can see, you know, learning why people feel the way they do or what they've learned and yeah, I just think like it's important to remember that no, like by and large, like in most of these conversations, people are standing up for themselves or for people who they think need standing up for and they're not trying to be evil for the most part. <laughs> there are those trolls. There are those trolls that do, who keyboard warriors who are trying to be hateful. But when you have an actual educated or not even educated, a, an actual sensitive conversation, like an, a a person to person conversation normally you agree on the basic like the basic thing is that you just want either if it's israel you want peace and you want uh justice for whoever uh you feel like is being wronged and why and then in the states i mean you think you're punching up at a jewish person because they've done x y and z even though it's not true <laughs> yeah that is so key i think what you just said that you have to approach these com conversations with empathy i think that is so true in all aspects of life. Even if you get into a fight with someone, you know, there's obviously just built up frustration there. And I agree with you. I don't think most people in the world are bad people. And I think that what they are doing is right for whatever reason, for how they've been brought up, for things they've been told, for the beliefs that they have been taught, you know. And so I think that if you can try and have an open-minded, sensitive conversation, and understand different people's perspectives as to why they come there, then hopefully we can get to a place where these things are addressed more healthily, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, it's it happens one person at a time. I don't even like to call, like, I wouldn't even consider myself an activist. I never wanted to be that. That was like, I, I kind of don't like that word, but I um, sort of became, or people started calling me that after I started making some posts. So I guess with some other activists, um, we've talked about uh we like send each other if someone if an unexpected person was an ally in a moment or like commented about a post that we made or you know a non-jewish person spoke up it's really it's crazy how rare it is but it's also like it feels like you did something because just trying to open people's eyes and like i said like i i mean my personal approach is to i try not to be angry but there has been some success in a lot of my non-Jewish followers or people who've learned something, which I think like that's how it 
that's how it has to be. It has to be, we're never going to convince everyone at once and anti-Semitism is never going anywhere. That's for sure. Like racism, I mean, I would be amazing if we could solve racism and anti-Semitism, but I think that there's always going to be this stuff out there, but hopefully less extreme. Whether it's potentially just trying to change one person's opinion and the way that I think that you can do that in a in the most effective way possible is trying to change the way that you talk with people, you know, and trying to change, to try and grow yourself as a person to know like, okay, obviously anger isn't a great way to like navigate these conversations. And the more uh, like empathetic, going back to that word that you can be with others, the more likely that you'll be able to understand them and they'll be able to understand you more. And then hopefully we can work towards more and more people kind of accepting each other. Yeah, I mean, I even like with doing this, I was like hesitant to do, as you know, like to even like come on here with you. But I think like it's crazy to have to think this way. But I think it's important to like, I think a lot of Jewish people have to humanize themselves. Like we're not evil, like this like evil cabal that's like trying to ruin whatever. Like if there is some cabal that's controlling the world, um, I think Jewish people are doing a pretty bad job at controlling it for themselves because it hasn't hasn't worked out so well for them so far and that's why I do it for my personal account too I don't have like a, a handle or whatever and I think like it's great for people to do because it's there's that extra layer of protection because you do get a lot of pain and I think like you you feel more free to say certain things when it's not like on your personal account but I think having it on my personal account has given me a different perspective because I mean people can like see my face my own pictures it's crazy to have to think like that but it's true and it's been held against me too I mean people are like oh well like how can you speak about this you are white and you've traveled like I can see in your pictures like you've been to this place and whatever and I don't know it works both ways it's interesting how you mentioned before about you don't like to call yourself an activist and I wonder, I'm just curious as to why, because it reminds me of when I was younger, I used to think like, I don't like to call myself a feminist because of what people like associate with that word and like burning the bra, blah, blah, blah. And I think I've got older, I've been like, no, I mean, feminism just means that you're fighting for equality, which is a good thing. And I shouldn't be concerned about why other people put labels on it, etc. And I'm just wondering if maybe that, do you think that if, more people called themselves activists and that doesn't necessarily even mean like something extreme that you would feel more comfortable with it or do you just not like it for a different reason like why don't you want to be labeled as an activist well i think i've never really thought about why but like my first thought on that is one it sounds like a lot of responsibility to live up to like like when i think of an activist i think of somebody who really dedicates themselves and their time and to making it and like I obviously I do that or I try to do that but it it just seems like a a big word to me and I don't know that making a few posts on social media constitutes as activism Um, and I think it's like kind of a trendy word right now like people are like include this person in your activism whatever like there's something about I don't know like I I don't have a problem with anybody who does like want to be called I mean in my Instagram bio it says like activist by accident because like that was like not what I was planning I don't even know what I like I said before like I don't even know what the plan was when I made the first post like I just knew I needed to like there was something I needed to say so I put it out there but yeah I think like it's like a loaded word for some reason and it's just not also like somebody in my dms recently like said something about how like 
how can you be an activist if you stand against all the things that activists believe? First of all, it made me just like, I was like, that's so ridiculous. But so there's like this like idea that like to be somebody who's an activist or to like believe in human rights or like the people's right to be safe as and who they are is particular to one line of thinking only. Like you have to be potentially like super left wing. Yeah, and like somebody, I got an, uh, like from the other side, I got like this angry DM that was like, you use identity politics to to say whatever. I'm like, I didn't respond to this person, but like to myself, I'm just like, it's so funny to me that someone can say to me, you use identity politics to make your point when I don't identify with any side. Like there, it's impossible for me to use identity politics because my identity is not, represented in any side so and everything is so polarized hearing that you're like i don't necessarily even want to label as an activist because you don't necessarily see yourself in that way like i feel like you're kind of right in the sense that as soon as you label yourself as like one thing and then you have another label and then you have this and that associates with that and then sometimes it's just nice to take a step back and you're like I'm just a human who is just speaking from my experience and i don't necessarily identify with anything specific i just want to speak what i think is right yeah exactly like i think it's been enlightening to see how few people feel comfortable speaking out about their Jew about being Jewish and how many people like are in my DMs like saying thank you or whatever and I love I love that I think it's amazing and I but I also like yeah the the responsibility of that like I mean my main objective I think is just to show a diff a little bit of a different perspective in an easy to digest kind of way because like there's so this is such a dense topic and then also to motivate some other Jewish people to not be so scared of being Jewish because it's so sad that that's the reality like it shouldn't be scary and the more scared people get sadly I think the worse it's gonna get so yeah a hundred percent and there were just a couple more things I wanted to touch upon as we wrap this up but you mentioned earlier I mean I know we can go through a million cases of anti-semitism and and you know people through from all different races and religions go through their own unfortunate, like terrible hatred and experience. It was just reminded me of when you were talking about Paris and how bad it is in France right now with anti-Semitism. One of my best friends, uh, she she's white, you know, she looks white. Um, her mum is uh, French and her dad is Scottish, but she's Jewish. And she was telling me the story recently about how she was in Paris and in the in a taxi and talking to the cab driver and they're driving and they were talking and he finds out that she's Jewish and he was like, get out of my cab. Like pulled out on the sidewalk and was like, get out of my cab. You know, it, like it's, it, I, I, mean, I know this isn't just strict with France, but like it is incredibly bad right now in Paris and it's um, scary. I'm pretty sure that same exact thing happened in New York not that long ago. It's bad, I mean, it's bad, it's bad. I, there's no other way to say it. I think like, and me, and I think also what, what you said it's important to recognize is that like I speak about anti-Semitism because that's my experience and that's what I feel like it's my place to speak about that. And me speaking about anti-Semitism shouldn't make anybody feel like I don't empathize with their hardships, whatever they are. And you shouldn't, somebody who speaks against something doesn't necessarily, I mean, I think like it's not my place to talk about everything. I think like anti-Semitism is what I, it's no. And so I'm gonna speak on that. And I, in other things, like I try not to like, like especially when talking about advocating for Black Lives Matter and stuff like that, I'm not gonna speak on that. I'll, I'll elevate other people's 
voices who who can and who have like their own personal experience but i think that that's also a big problem with anti-semitism is for whatever reason people think that they have the right to speak on it <laughs> like when they don't have anything to do with it or have no I same like with israel with anti-semitism as a whole or whether anti-zionism is anti-semitism or whatever like people think that it's a political choice to be anti like whether you're you are or aren't anti-semitic and it's just it's not and people need to leave those conversations they need to listen they need to listen to jewish people first of all because they don't and they need to not make themselves speaking of like identity politics like people making themselves feel like they're they're a good person if they write free palestine on somebody's post about anti-semitism in america like it's just not, it's not everybody's place to talk about it it's everybody's place to call it out and to stand against it but it's not everybody's place to define it or to question it or to say that it's not real yeah i think that partly why those i really like your post where how to stand up against anti-semitism if you're not a jew and like how you can support Jewish people, you know, in, in in a realm where like maybe you don't feel comfortable or or you're not Jewish or you're not sure how to like navigate that language. And I think that as long as you are aware of it and like know that you don't know everything about it or not even don't know, but like haven't experienced it yourself, but are just willing to take into account somebody else's perspective on it, like that's just a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think that's that at the most basic level, that's literally what it is, is just accepting that maybe you don't know everything there is to know about it. And, you know, unlearning, being open to unlearning, like some of these things that you've been taught or these biases that you have. And like I said, I don't have, it's impossible to blame somebody for having like an anti-Semitic bias because it's, it's been in culture for, of the world for 3000 years, but you can blame somebody for not being willing to, I keep coming back to this word, willing to empathize or willing to, to learn from another side. And I think that goes for Jewish people too. They need to do the same thing for people who are pro-Israel. They need to listen to the stories of people who have been affected by the creation of Israel and what that meant for them and their families. And I think that's the only way that you'll ever get anywhere because there's always two sides or more than one two sides a million sides <laughs> there are a million sides i totally agree that even if you know from my personal perspective even if i can only understand my dad and his family's um root in israel that doesn't it does not discount the palestinian story or somebody else's story and i have to listen to that story and i won't be able to speak on their part of it and it's yeah it's really important that as an Israeli person, I take into account their side of it and don't disregard that. Um, and like their story is just, you know, as valuable as mine or anyone else's from whatever perspective that they're coming from. But yeah, and just as you mentioned, the anti-Semitic bias, which has been around for so long for, you know, like the last 3000 years, I just thought it was really interesting to just really briefly talk about that. Where does anti-Semitism come from? Um, some of the research that I was doing was talking about how early Christians' hostility towards their parent religion, being Judaism, for refusing to accept Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, yeah, as the long-awaited Jewish Messiah. Jesus was put to death at the hands of Roman authorities, but the gospel accounts blames Jews for Jesus's death. They take the blame for killing Jesus, which is, which is what I essentially think anti-Semitism comes from. I mean, 
that's just from like the reading that I've done. Then on top of that, they've been accused of like blood libel, which let me just double check so I don't get this wrong. Blood libel or ritual murder libel is an anti-Semitic rumor, canard story, which is obviously based on no truth, which accuses Jews of murdering Christian children in order to use their blood as part of religious rituals. That Those have been like major themes in the persecution of Jews in Europe and things which have kind of contributed to anti-semitism and then what you mentioned earlier of this kind of like why jews get into money laundering i thought was no not laundering money Um, lending sorry not not money laundering money lending i mean i don't even really know the full history of it but in europe they were banned from certain jobs so they were able to like loan money and so that was like that was one of the only jobs they were allowed to do Yes, and I think as well Christians weren't allowed to lend money with interest, but Jews could. Yeah, I mean, I think there might have been a time, and like, I don't know, I can't speak to, I'm not so much a history buff as I, like, I try and talk, I try to talk about anti-Semitism more like in the present and mod- what it means for modern day, but I mean, obviously it's it's very affected by, by the past. So, I mean, I'm sure there was a time that maybe there were a lot of Jewish bankers in Europe or whatever, like, I don't really, I don't know exactly, but... Obviously, Jews are not a monolithic monolith. They don't all do the same thing. And they're not all, they're not, all Jews aren't anything. And to say that, say that about any group is xenophobic and bigoted, in my opinion. When it comes to religion and stuff, I mean, yeah, I, the killing Jesus, you know, I. (laughs) That old thing. (laughs) Yeah, that, that thing. I mean, like I said before, I'm not a particularly religious person. I don't judge anybody if they are, if they're a more religious Christian person, more religious Jewish person, what I do find inappropriate is if that if you do, for whatever reason, believe that Jewish people killed Jesus, I didn't kill Jesus. So stop holding me accountable for something that happened or my any person like me accountable for something that you don't even know if it even actually happened. I mean, it didn't happen, but like- <laughs> Yeah. A hundred percent. It would be basically like uh, hating on a German because of World War Two. Like you just can't. Yeah, I mean it's it's anything. It's like hating. I mean, like there's terrible things happening all over the world. There's terrible things happening in China right now to the Uyghur um, Muslims, and like that's like holding all Chinese people accountable for that, or even like this ridiculous notion that Chinese people being bigoted towards them because of COVID-19, like those are all things that are, I mean, it's just, it's just so crazy how quickly people are willing to go into like this bigoted mindset where they, they're always looking for someone to blame. And I mean, even Jews have gotten their fair share of blame with COVID-19. Even in New York right now, there's big anti-Semitic surge, the Hasidic community being like the spreaders of disease or whatever. Yeah, I always used to say like, or not used to, I still always say like, I think it's whatever it's going to take for like humans to just like get along and stop being terrible to each other is like an alien invasion and like they have a common enemy and that's like the only thing that's gonna like make people not hate each other you would think that like i mean covid is as close as we've ever gotten to an alien invasion that's out to get everybody and still people are still trying to blame each other it's like i i also agree with you i was like oh covid common enemy we're all gonna unite that's why people typically unite during wars because we're all fighting against this thing and then it was just kind of talking about how in times where where there's like social political upheaval it actually just tends to exacerbate people on the far right people on the far left hatred in general so i was just like oh great but yeah i think irregardless we should wrap it up there and 
thank you for coming on the pod. And first of all, thank you so much for posting that post and for the quote unquote activism, even if it's activism by accident, <laughs> because, you know, I found it really inspiring and mo- loads of my friends liked it. And it's really eye opening for people who want to learn. And it's also really awesome and like brave of you for being like, yeah, cool. I want to come on the pod and have like this discussion with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's a, I think it's hopefully changed somebody's mind or get someone thinking. No, thank you for having my first podcast. So you'll have to give me a review after we hang up. Woohoo. Okay, I will. I'm going to stop recording it now. That's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed that pod. If you want to follow Alana, check out her Instagram handle, which I'll pop in the description. And if you have any thoughts, if you learn something new, if anything you want to say, shoot me a DM at Progress Pure.